I'm a true time it is it's time on mutiny radio for some call me tim today's awesome special guest on some call me tim is warhol kaufman the hilarious the amazing the well celebrated warhol kaufman absolutely celebrated it celebrated at comedy day this year and all over San Francisco at all of your wonderful shows. Oh, shit. Yeah. You didn't even realize. Oh, you're so celebrated. And this is my dog. And, yes, and he's a cute, cute little puppy. But I, I'm we used to have so I worship him. We used to have uh, treats, dog treats here, but I gave them to you at Delirium this Monday. Uh, Warhol Kaufman books that show every Monday at Delirium. It's a really fun room. Very I would say. Booked. I would say it's one of my favorite rooms in San Francisco because Aww. when you actually get them to pay attention, you fucking win. Yeah, well, and recently it's it's shifted where there are actually people who listen right. and there are going to be people in the room pretty much. So now it's a lot of like, they're still hard to win over, but a lot of times it's like 30 people looking at you and they're like, yeah. all right, say something. Funny. Say something. <laughs> well, it's funny when... Um, I brought a, a new comic there and I told him, I said, you'll know when you lose them and you'll have them. You can get them for a minute, but you got to keep them. And if you don't keep them, you have to acknowledge that you haven't kept them. If you just keep going on with your script, people just keep talking louder and louder yeah. and louder over you. And, and I'm not like, even, especially the comics, not even intentionally. <laughs> it's not like they're trying. Like sometimes people heckle, but really they're just like, oh, I'm not interested. This is a bar. Yeah, they're just going to, right. And they're going to talk to whomever they want and play their pool and it's all good. And that's, yeah. You know, the thing I, I really enjoy about it is um, I enjoy that you can pretty much win as much time as you want just by winning the room. Yeah, absolutely. So like if, if I would never ask someone to stop, if they're killing, it's like, have the best set of the night. Go sure. 20 minutes. Yeah, if you're ahead. murdering, go 40 minutes. Do an hour. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, keep going. You know? And so I think that that's, that's kind of like old school gladiator rules. Sure. And I really appreciate that. I hey, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, because, wow. Well, and some of the new kids do have uh, really good sets, and it's great. And you're like, wow, watch these. <sighs> so actually, I, I would love to talk about that. Uh, who are people that you're really excited about? their material right now in the Bay Area. I'm always interested to hear people talk about that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's hard because I'm at I'm at joke workshop, so I'm getting all the beginning yeah. jokes when they're just starting out and then watching those progress. You I really can tell are you like the mama bird of the of the early scene here. It's like 
This, this to me, of, but of dudes, only now, of dudes, only of dudes. Girls don't like me. Only, only I'm the junior high school special education teacher. Um, I used to teach emotionally disturbed boys. It's so funny because still do, I still yeah. do. And, um, they're all still here. It's great. I learned that one of them, uh, I thought he was 28 and he's 23. And I'm like, I am so old. It's getting so weird. Yeah, Mike Evans Jr., who no, he's, I, I love. He's a doll. He's great. He's really great. And he's he so talented. This, he he's such a good writer. He has a about 9-11. And he's like, I was in, I think he's in like second grade. And I'm just like, God damn. Isn't that crazy? Jesus Christ. I was teaching high school. I was teaching continuation high school. I was, I was a, teaching English. I was English. a junior. Yeah, so see, you were you would have been one of my you would have been one of my students. You're the same. You're the right age group. So is Jonathan. He's the right age group. That when I was teaching junior high and high school, he would have been one of my students. I truly have grown into precisely what my parents were trying to prevent and avoid. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, like in in every, (laughs) you know, I mean, not in terms of like, you know, I'm not like you're not robbing, murdering people, but like in terms of how I present myself and like how I support myself and just like in all the ways they really were trying to steer me in one direction and just <laughs> went right. the other are, way. are both your parents black? Uh, well, so when I say my parents, like I, um, I'm we've probably talked about this at some point, but, um, I, I didn't grow up with my father. So like, I, I don't really talk you about have funny joke him as well about my parents. That. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but so like my stepdad uh was in my life from 4 I was 4 Yeah And um that's pretty little Yeah I mean that's that's not when hmm I'm sure it didn't take that long I met him when I was 4 and he moved in like we were living in a thank you in a house together uh they bought a house uh when I was 6 and got married um Probably around then when I was like five or six. And do, so, like, do you he was, still he call him your stepfather? Whole... You've always called him your stepfather. Um, you know, so I have I have some siblings. Um, I have like sort of a number of siblings, but I didn't really grow up with all of them. So my my closest one is my brother. He's eight years younger than me. And that's that's a pretty good separation. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, there's, there's some sort of a distinction. Like we don't, we don't differentiate, like, I don't consider him to be my half brother. He's my brother. Right, He's your brother. You know, all gotcha. my, all my siblings are my siblings, but like, sure. I don't know them all. And he, uh, so, you know, Bill is his father and I was raised, I was raised to have a very specific approach to language. So, um, so when I was a kid, I would always refer, you know, we would come home and I'd be like, I'd even talking to my stepdad, I'd be like, my mom, this, my mom, that. And I call him Bill. Oh. So it's like Bill and my mom. And, and he, he would sometimes comment on it like, you know, you can just say mom. I'm like, well, she's not your mom. She's my mom. Bill. So, <laughs> wow. So you didn't even call him dad or. Oh, no, he's Bill. That's my stepdad's Wow. There's almost an antagonization there's uh, that happens when you call oh, an adult well, by their their hmm. surname when you're a child. I mean, so he let me it's 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 sort of 
I, I, I guess it's like I've talked about it so much that I like don't really talk about it that much. But like, he never considered like when when they got married, he was like twenty two or something. Wow! Or, like when they met, so young. Yeah, and so like, uh, for him, and he he also had a really. We're going to get into this, like, family shit. All right. Uh, he had, like, a really difficult relationship with his father. And so it was really important to him to try to be a better father than his father was to him. And so he, my entire life, has unconditionally loved and accepted me. And I always knew I was a son. And, like, but I... But you call him Bill. Yeah, but, it, you know, his name is Bill. So I call him Bill. Wow. So you didn't have any terms of endearment like pop pop or daddy boy or so at a, at a certain like, point um i i could sort of notice as i got older that like when i would refer to him when it was time to refer to him sweet and juicy that's so funny i would you know i would say like my stepdad <laughs> and i i knew that like on some level it would have been a relief to him if i just said dad instead oh this is my this is my dad right i wasn't like i said i was raised to have a really specific relationship to language i don't like sure i don't like saying things that aren't true right i try not to lie i sometimes lie because people or 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 the world or like whatever demands it of me more or less for my own safety sometimes right. but like other than that i try not to lie so I just like try to articulate and express the clearest version of what I actually believe. And that's why people think I'm so difficult to talk to because I won't, I don't really do like form, form letter responses. I, I try right. to respond as honestly as I can. Sure. So if you were to have like a, your personal integrity, all is honesty is the crux that's the seed that you would say if there was if there was one seed that sort of holds your life together and keeps all of the i mean i don't want to claim that but i would say that but honesty is one of the pillars of what makes i think you... that people like as people we're trying to figure out what the fuck is going on sure we're trying to figure out what already happened that they're lying to us about right exactly all the what violence is real? all all of this stuff and so like so there's some things that perhaps are known and the more we can get close to figuring out what is real and what is actual, that's what I want. So I don't want to go around making it more difficult to do that. I am so confused because all of our cliches come from things that have been said and known over and over and over. And that's why it becomes a cliche. And so we have these terrible cliches like, let the cat out of the bag. How terrible was it for cats a hundred years ago? Were we just like walking around with sacks of cats, like fucking like murdering here's, cats? And there's more than guess. one way to skin a cat. Why? Why would we be skinning cats a hundred years oh, ago? Oh yeah. Cause you were supposed why? to throw the cat into the river. Why would you do that? Why would you ever want to throw a cat anywhere? You my never throw a cat. No, my guess is you throw the cat into the river because she's pregnant because you but you because that's bad to have baby kitties kitties are the best no well, no kitties are the best but it's like damn there's this one cat and like we are trying to deal with that but then now she's pregnant and she's definitely about to have a bunch of more cats and then if don't that let the happens, cat out of the bag they're all gonna have more cats and eventually it's gonna get crazy so just put the cat in a bag she can have her Puppy in the river. 
<laughs> it's just one of those language things. How terrible was it a hundred years ago for cats? Or like more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah, that's exactly. Your one, yeah. That's the other one. Like, why were you skinning cats? For what reason? And were also you curiosity cats? killed you a cat. Right. Curiosity like, killed a cat. Why, did that why are we? So why this hatred of cats? So what's the truth? What's the truth about what we used to do to cats? There's all kinds of stuff like that too. What we used to do to children in, in the United States or actually in an English tradition before it moved to the United States, children weren't actually fed at the table. They stood behind or, their parents. And when their parents decided not to finish, that's what the children got to eat. The children didn't get like was plates reversed. of food. Oh, see that's so, but that's how things have changed. But 150 years ago for kids, that whole seen and not heard thing comes from, they can see you behind your parents and don't say anything. Otherwise we might not feed your ass. I think I have another theory. Maybe we're eating the cat. And so to kill the cat, we'll put it in a bag, drown it. And then you can easily pull it back out and now skin it. More than one way to do that. And then you cook it and eat it. And curiosity is what annoyed you so much you decided to drown the fucking cat. And now we have food. That's, I can't believe anyone would eat a cat. I can't believe that. Well, there's no other reason to skin it, is there? I I wouldn't think so unless you want a cat hat. I guess there's more than one reason to skin a cat. I I just can't, I can't imagine who was eating cats. Can I talk to you about another thing that I've been really uh, puzzling through? So, you know, I started out doing one-liner Yes. Comedy, because that was the hardest thing you could do, and you wanted to challenge yourself. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Someone else said that too. I I don't think I I think it it turned out to be hard once once I'm trying to build time. Mm. It's tricky, but I th- I think it's actually like sort of simpler because you just come up with the puzzle and you solve the puzzle and then move on, and and eventually like I sort of have to accept. Like I watched uh, Mitch Hedberg and uh, Stephen Wright and any one-liner comic that I've seen, they start out with non-sequitur one-liners, but eventually it starts to chunk out into a flow and then it does build into more of a traditional. And so I really do see a value in the one-liners because uh, it is still a little bit unusual and it, it stands out a little bit, especially when they work. But I feel like there is a a point when really mastering comedy requires being able to completely milk every premise for the loudest, longest laughs that you can. And so it depends on the room. You know, there's I've seen people go up with a good premise. Maybe the punchline doesn't hit. And then they throw like six tags at the room that didn't laugh at the punchline. And I just never wanted to be that guy. Sure. But now I'm, I'm, I don't know. Do you, do you think about structure when you write or? Yeah. I mean, I, I use one liners as punctuation in between things, but being a one liner comic is impossible because you make the work 10 times harder for yourself. Instead of having to put one joke in a minute, you put 10 jokes in a minute. It's more writing. So yeah. you have to, you have to, and more memorization. And no, the memorization is easy. Cause it's just like each, once it, Hooks into place, it's just kind right. Of- then you're like, "Oh, that's that joke." But you know, if you don't have a list, then you have to remember. So if you're doing a seven minute set, you have to have seventy jokes. Jesus, you have to have a list. Like I can't remember a seventy joke list. I mean, I guess I can remember. All, it's just the way my brain works. So well, it's also pacing because, like, I've done the the first set I did at Mutiny. Uh, like I had written jokes for like a year, and I 
I had done a few spots or whatever, but I came in here and I think I told five jokes in five minutes and I got like five laughs. It was just like a lot of pausing <laughs> and like, it's, I think where, where I did sort of shoot myself in the foot, especially in terms of getting booked early on is I was just working on new material for like six years straight. Yeah. And so I, I didn't build sets at all. And, um, even now, like I don't strictly build a, a set and do it in order. Hmm. There's like the material that works the most, and I sort of try to figure out what the strongest material is and use it as much as I can while it feels strong. But uh, I don't really know what material is going to come out. Like it's just kind of whatever. For for a little while, I guess. Um, before I started chunking out, it started to get confusing, and I would be really concerned about retelling jokes. And then since I started chunking them, that's not really as much of a concern anymore. Yeah. But that's only well, in the last six the months. The only time you have to worry about, and you don't have to ever worry about retelling jokes, because at, oh, oh, at the open mic, another no, no, I mean going to see me do my job set, again. Like within oh, the same set. Oh, wow. Within I, the same set that's happened to you? I've actually done it where... You were I, so in the zone that you joke, forgot that you told a joke. And then I told... Well, because I have ones that are structurally similar so sometimes it's but so I t I've, I've told a joke and then i started to tell it again and realized and then just told it seven times and like that's funny though. yeah end up getting that's laughs funny. that way actually one of my favorite sets retelling the joke different ways multiple times that's at, funny at grand and green i did a um a, like an homage to brian regan <coughs> on one of his uh comedy albums he comes out and he starts his premise and the crowd laughs and then he just bless you <laughs> He makes a joke like, oh, shit, I just got laughs on the premises. Maybe I'll just only do premises. And so he just introduces like three or four premises and the crowd laughs. And so I did a set, a set like that at, um, at Grand and Green where I only did premises and people knew my material. So it actually worked. It was pretty fun. I miss Grand and Green. They didn't give a fuck. You know why they got shut down, though? <laughs> no, I don't know why. Oh, wow. Should we not tell t tales out of school? I want to know. What's, I think we what's should gossip? probably talk about it. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Okay, so they're... Two, what did you do? There are two particular <laughs> events that I witnessed. Oh, okay. One happened and it did not shut down immediately, but soon after another one happened and then it shut down. So okay. uh, technically there was a kidnapping in Grand Green at the open mic. What? Yes, because, and I missed the beginning part. I came <laughs> after apparently, like when I came... There was this girl who had been acting crazy, and I was like, oh, she's been acting crazy, and apparently she had, like, taken her top off and all kind of stuff. Oh, like, fun. Yeah, it sounds like a good time. So then, by the time I got there, it was like, she was like, maybe people felt like she had been a Subdued. little bit annoying or something. I don't know. But so, I, then she, at some point, goes into the bathroom, and then there was a decision made by some people. Big I, bathroom in the center of the room. Big ba bathroom. There's, like, two the of them, too. yeah. Yeah. And, which probably would have been better if there was only one, but so... They decided, hello, nice to see you. Hello, hello. They decided to lock her in the bathroom against her will, which technically is- They locked her in the bathroom technically against is kidnapping. her will. Yeah, so she was in there for about eight minutes. I took a photograph, actually, because uh, they like put- Yeah, please. They put like, somebody put a, um, a thing, like a chair against the door. And Why like, were they locking her in? Because she was being annoying. I think that they were... She was drunk and annoying? It was uh, too intended many as a drunken joke. And I won't say... Like, it was 
kind of funny, but it also like while it was happening, I was standing there. I took a picture and I was like, "This is a kidnapping. This is kidnapping. This wow. is an act of kidnapping." Yeah. And so she was in there about eight minutes, and then they let her out, and then that happened. So the the mic didn't shut down when that happened, but. The next, the next. The event. mic didn't shut down when that happened. It just, oh well, she's in the bathroom. When did they let her out? Did she didn't call the police? It, what did she fall eight, asleep eight in there? What happened? No, they just eight minutes. They let her out and then she left. Okay. Yeah. Uh, wow. The second thing was when I won't name any names, but uh, a, a comic who has since left town, a uh, wonderful person. I like him a lot. He was doing a set. He's a black man. And there was a person in the corner who was like a regular white dude. And so he clearly was not into hearing the thoughts of this black man in that particular moment. And so he was very resistant. I didn't catch the beginning of it. But apparently after Perry got off the stage, the guy like got in his face. Like he went in the bathroom, Perry got off stage, he came out. He like came out like he was going to try to, he was trying to touch Perry or like trying to hit him or something. So Perry slapped him. Whoa. He like got in his face or whatever. I believe is what happened. I believe that's what happened. And then he wasn't hosting though. No, he wasn't. It hosting. was, uh, uh, no, he just had done a set. Okay. So I, I don't know for sure if he slapped him cause my memory's a little faded and I was drunk, but I, he either went to slap him or slapped him or something like that. And so there was this physical kind of disagreement and then Perry got kicked out, but basically the other guy had tried to assault him and like Perry just defended himself. Right. So it was like, that's kind of messed up that Perry got kicked out. So I helped walk Perry out with another person who's like less, even like smaller than me. So we walked him out just to make sure because Perry got kicked out and then he had to walk by the door and the guy was at the door and we were like, <gasps> not sure. So we kind of guarded him. And then after all that went down, the mic's still going I, I think James would want me to say this. James Morara got on the mic, and he really didn't even tell jokes. He got on the mic and just observed in his very calm manner. Yeah, he's so how funny. fucked up it was. What had happened? He just described the events. Yeah, uh, more clearly than I did because he was more lucid. He saw them. He had been there longer, and it was more recent. Right. And so he described specifically what had happened, and it pissed off the guy in the corner, the regular, and it pissed off the bartender. So the bartenders like stop and I'm laughing my ass off. Everyone else is like really uncomfortable. And the, <laughs> and the bartender's like telling James to stop and James is just still like reiterating, like we said, just the events as they happen right, just into real a events. microphone and just so everyone can people know. Did, yeah, this yeah, happened, yeah. This, happened this happened, this happened, and then the mic got shut down. Wow. Well, I guess it's um it's a bar protecting their regulars. Um I mean I guess that's, that's not necessarily the wrong move i think that if it were me i would have shut the mic down after the first event and not the second one but that's just right the kidnapping in the bathroom is probably Seems like more of a significant, more of a issue. significant issue than the well and there have been someone was locked in the bathroom here at mutiny once when i wasn't here um because they couldn't figure out how to unlock the bathroom but not intentionally but it wasn't it, it was the, it was user error on the part of the person yeah. inside and they ended up breaking the door instead of uh trying to fix the situation i heard you talking a little bit about the shane gillis snl thing yeah do yeah. you have do you have a specific opinion about it uh, uh you know it's is there was do people have to take responsibility for idiot things they say on podcasts i mean that's kind of the question and since i do so many idiot did podcasts, you did you listen to i haven't i haven't heard the context i know yeah he i didn't either the, he he was talking about architecture and said, uh, quote, fucking chinks. But if he would have said it like there were chinks in the architecture, like as in chinks in the armor or some kind of at least clever thing, as opposed to 
derogatory, obvious punching down for just base laughs. It's like structure, a structure. It's just he wasn't he wasn't trying that hard. I mean, I don't know. I should I should listen to it, but eh. well, that's the that's the interesting thing that I've been Eh. reflecting on because I I haven't listened to any of his work. I haven't looked. Yeah, I'm like I'm I'm more like you got an SNL, you fucking. I read that. some quotes. Not fair. I want to be on SNL. Why are you on it? What? Who are you? For who me, it's are like you? What are you on? You got on SNL. I don't know who the fuck you are, but yeah. in like a few months, I will. You know, I'll know if you're funny yeah. in like four months or something. But so, um, so I haven't, I haven't listened or tried to track it down, and so I don't feel the need to really because like either a, it's not worth my time. Or be it is. So like, <laughs> let's assume that, let's assume that it was actually funny and really good. We could just like go down that mental road. Wait, okay, so let's assume it was funny and it was really good. His use of um, a, a racially like he charged being, he term. He was being so deeply ironic about his own implicit white supremacist right. ideology that if you had listened to like 200 hours of his podcast, you would get the themes of whatever the fuck. If it's done even intellectually and but well, maybe some people don't get it, but it's the intent. Does the is the intent to be hurtful or is the intent to be funny? And if the intent to be funny is based off of like crappy racial stereotypes, then that's cheap and dumb. And but why so, would then it's championing mediocrity and racism? Like so, bleh. I'm I'm down to argue about like assuming that there was no real artistic value to what he did but just for the just for the no sake of argument yeah. let's say he's really good that michael che thinks he's hilarious i trust michael che and he's really funny yeah just for the sake of argument so nobody gets this guy he 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 made these weird jokes and he got fired because people found out about these weird jokes he made and they didn't get him and he got fired i mean snl has the right to hire or not hire whoever they want and uh, they yeah. find people without cause kind of whenever sure so what people are upset about is that this paycheck that he was about to get got interrupted by people who are not really even involved in comedy at all. It's just like people who are Oh, so he's mad watching. because his because his job, right? He he had a really big gig and now it's screwed because the court of public opinion has decided that the the PC police has attacked him. And but how is that really that different from looking at the shit he does in advance and saying it's too edgy and not hiring him? Right. What's the difference? Because it was because someone didn't do their due diligence. Maybe be, and know, this was from a podcast last like year. I sent too. some shit to SNL. It was too edgy and they're not going to hire me. You know, black man on the moon. So that's fine. OK, so now step back. Let's assume that it had absolutely no merit at all. No comedic merit. It's not funny. I don't get it. I don't think it's funny. I still don't think that's a reason to take away a job from the man just because he's, I think his comedy sucks. I mean, there's lots of terrible, Jeff Dunham just got a Netflix special. Jeff Dunham's shit is just as ignorant as anything I've ever heard in my life, you know, for the well, 20 the, seconds I've heard it. It becomes the, the championing of mediocrity and that's what people want and that's so what they needed the on the show. And they Jeff Dunham? It's I, just arbitrary. 
Sure. Well, it's the court of public opinion and who they decide is edgy enough and who's too edgy and who they can't have around. And speaking of which, he kind of was sort of chunky. We also, we really don't like fat people. If he was thin, it would have been better. Kevin Spacey <laughs> was being accused by a massage therapist of uh, harassment or assault or something. The massage therapist is now dead. Whoa. So Kevin Spacey's other case got thrown out and it turns out that the kid who was accusing him of uh, inappropriate behavior he was 18 at a bar. Well, that's illegal. That's, he's 18 at yes, a bar. And then he's Kevin like, Spacey's fault. <laughs> and he, and he was accepting the advances enough to be continually commenting on them for like over an hour and yeah. accepting drinks and stuff from the guy. Yeah. So it's like that, that, that case got thrown out and now this massage therapist is dead. So it's like Frank Underwood is back, son. Um, I have sexually harassed uh, my massage therapist. Thank before. you for admitting. Absolutely, a hundred percent. I um, his name was Kevin. I called him Kevy, and oh my god, he was so hot. He was tall and blonde. He was gorgeous, and he did this loamy, loamy massage, and he'd put his arm on my back and rub up, my, and I was always like. Oh, Kevy. Um, but one time I put a 20 in my G string and I was like, take it out with your teeth. And it was like my, he was my massage therapist tipping him. And I was like, take it out of my G string. Did, did he use his teeth? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Kevy, he's badass. Special man. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I'm just saying, hey, let it come out. I've said, hey, Kevy, come out. See me do comedy. It's from old, old day. Statute of limitations. I should be fine. That's kind of what Chappelle said, right? He's like, it's like South Africa. It's not. We're not going to be able to heal unless we all are able to admit what we've done. Yeah, I mean, it's. I haven't seen the new Chelsea Handler show, but I really like that she's acknowledged. She's talking about white privilege and where it's gotten her and how it's gotten her to where she is. And do you like her? You think she's no? Funny? I, I don't like. I've her. never been really interested in her. I don't work like at her. All. Uh, she. She's one of the, I'm a feminist, but I'm so, so pretty too. Ha ha ha. It's like, okay. It's like, you still completely play into the male gaze and so much of white femme shit. Yeah. Right. I mean, whatever. But, um, so I don't like her that much, but I, felt- I do like that. She's exploring the idea of what it means to accept your white privilege and to acknowledge it and how we can move on from that and stop taking advantage. You know, we, I was taught to use my white privilege. I was taught that being skinny and pretty is the best thing you could ever do. And you should just look pleasant all the time. And even when you think things, you think them differently. Don't say anything, just smile and nod, acknowledge and move on. Just look pleasant and everything will be okay. Cause you are a pretty white girl. That's all you have to do is just look pretty. And then it became, can't you just you do raped, that? Can't just you just look pretty? Why anyone. can't you just look pretty? Why can't you just look pretty all the time? You're so ugly when you frown. You're so ugly when you're angry. And it's like, I'm so angry because you're telling me that all I am is a pretty trophy to sit along and be an accessory in someone else's story. Fuck your face. But that is a sad story of privilege. Happy ending. But it's a story of privilege. It's like, oh no, I'm sad about being the trophy on someone's shelf to be taken care of and polished and given everything and all this. It's like, eh. it's it's nice. You get to drive a Lexus. It's in the it's in the contract. Drive a Lexus. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Whitney Cummings' new special too. I I've never really liked her other stuff that much, but I really like the new one a lot. I don't I don't watch any professional uh, comics really because. Um, I watched Dave Chappelle, but it was just a Ted talk. So it was fine. Um, but I don't like watch professional comics because I don't want it to influence my material in any way. And if I 
see what they're doing and what people are responding to, I will subconsciously meld my material to. I remember we've talked about yeah. this. I I, I, would I mean, that. I don't agree with the premise, but I also like it's impossible to keep up with it anyway. It's like right. a full time job. So, but just watching it like. That's whatever I put into my little fantasy blender brain up there, whatever I put in is going to come out in some way. So if I'm like reading, you know, nonfiction or that's going to inform my comedy in a good way. If I like if I'm reading nonfiction or fiction, whatever I'm reading, it usually informs it. But if I'm watching other comics while I'm writing comedy it's like I'm filling the well with stuff that's too similar to get a different like even even if I obliquely brush on one of their premises I'm still using a premise that has existed and why would I have heard that because of them do you know what I mean like I, I mean try I try to approach to let, it the other way because for me I'm like I want to know what people are doing. I want to make sure that I am doing something different. When I come up with a joke that I really like, I search and check and try to make sure that I can't find someone else who's used something so similar. Right, right, right. And so I think that both end up more or less getting you to a similar place. You know, yeah. it's like either interrogating yourself or interrogating the form. But I'm really interested in, in form. So I, I just consider it all like research and study. And sure. Stuff. Sure. Well, it's a different way to look at it. Um, I, uh, yeah, it's like theory. I want to go back to like, uh, besides comedic theory, but I like, mean, most comedy your... sucks, dude. Like most of these specials yeah. are garbage and I, I turn shit off like really quick. If I, if I watch, I heard Joey Diaz talk about this too. Like he plays a game where he'll, was it Joey Diaz? No, it was, um, it was Bobby Kelly. He said he'll sit, uh, he has a shed with a humidor that's like his smoking shed <laughs> and he'll sit with like another comic and they'll just like call up uh, specials on their phones on Netflix and like throw it on the TV and see how many minutes in they can make it before they have to turn it off because they're just so disgusted. Uh -huh. And he's like, sometimes a lot of times we don't even make it past the credits. Wow. Yeah, and I feel similar. Like, well, because it's—I mean, I feel the same way. I'm very angry. Where? How did they get the money? Why have they been chosen? Why have they been plucked out of the obscurity of comedy I, from wherever they I are? But this is suddenly about it. But it's just like I don't need this to waste person my time. forty minutes. Like seriously, like Tony Hinchcliffe. I made it like two minutes in Tony Hinchcliffe. And I, I heard no his voice, and I was like, I don't like no his voice. Idea. And then no after that, I listened to like maybe one punchline, and this premise that followed and was just like no this is not happening for me so uh listeners you're listening to some call me tim i'm with warhol kaufman we've been talking too much about yeah. comedy and not enough about your theories of the i mean last time two times ago when you were here you talked about your moon conspiracy theory and it's not a conspiracy anymore i believe it 100 percent. i'm i have well so i, I, I have dove into that pool that you that you uh fucking set up for me and I when you first were telling me about it I was like ugh that's not real he's crazy and now and then I watched all the things and I'm like oh my god this is crazy and then it's like how many other things are they lying to us about so I thought oh, that maybe lie. today lie, have lie. you brought more stuff that they're lying to us about that's interesting um I mean I have a lot of this is this is not really on the spirituality path as much but I I have a lot of thoughts about the election and the Democratic Party oh. and what's been going on with that because the personal the purposeful sabotage <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like um, please pre preach well, the fire well there's the there's the just the entire lie of the premise for example that Biden is the front runner which is just not even true yeah and it's it, the only way you can get those numbers is if you 
are very specific about who you don't count and who you do count in terms of opinion because there is no one out there going joe biden yes i'm so excited i don't hear anyone going like yes joe biden there's a lot of people who are like oh we have to vote for joe biden because he's the only one who can win and first of all joe biden up against donald trump is guaranteed trump presidency guaranteed for yeah. sure there's there's no i feel very strongly that there's no way that joe biden could possibly win just like we watched hillary crash and burn um and it seems like the dnc really doesn't want to, to give up <laughs> yeah they don't seem to want to win because they don't they don't want to do what they Why would have to do which win? is listen to young people brown people the people of america who actually right. just want some fucking rights and like resources and don't want to use all of our money to murder people in other countries like yeah i agree with that that's we, most we of the country parties. we don't have to um well you know no no don't be sorry i i mean i i think i I've been really trying to figure out for years how to damage the binary and how to damage this lie of the the left right like that's what's going on and I really feel like if you look with the new wing of the Democratic Party with AOC and Sanders and stuff yeah versus like the Pelosi kind of sure. just keep everything the same energy right status quo yeah the Democratic Party is breaking apart it's it's like really splitting and with the 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 GOP, I feel like, um, really, first of all, the hypocrisy has gotten so deep and so clearly stated that it's going to be pretty difficult to claim there's any ulterior motive to even be a Republican. Oh. And Trump is is kind of like splitting and destroying the Republican Party, too. And so I feel like both of these parties are really breaking down and there's there's potential there. But there's then, some... what's the purposeful breakdown? There's, there's, there's got to be a puppet behind saying that the well, reason we're breaking this down is because we want to build the new something. It's Putin. And so, what? That's the. I mean, I think that the my conspiracy theory that I've come up with is that Trump's immigration laws are set up for thirty years in the future, and that we need to close our borders now because when global warming does take effect and you know 20 to 30 percent of the earth is totally uninhabitable you know it's gonna be a hundred million refugees uh that can no longer live in where they were living where are they gonna move and if trump closes our borders down now basically makes sure that we stay the land of the free and the home of the brave but no one's allowed in but we have so much open well, spaces and on top on top of that uh the trump administration was just looking around California trying to find federal space to house more people so they can round up the homeless people of California and put them into basically internment camps. Why do we hate poor people so well, much? Well, think about it. Because if you do that in California, those people, they're off the streets. Now they're locked up. Now they can't vote. Now we're changing the electoral numbers for California. Like, it's a very intentional... I mean, Halliburton built... Uh, you think they're going to start sweeping up homeless people and putting them into camps like ICE camps it's, it's and not, like it's not prison that camps? I think that they literally put forward a plan to do that. It, it was so in they're the news. calling it they're calling it housing, but really it's yeah, it's just like it's there's like, a homeless problem in California. Now again, this is a federal 
a federal branch of the government that's supposedly bypassing states' rights. It's it's not constitutional. But but how would they round up? Were they going to round up? Just go the through the streets and, and put them on a round bus. People up. I was I was on uh, hate, and then take I, them up to the hills. I was on Hate Street uh, on Friday, and I saw some undercovers. Uh, they're fucking with some street kids who were drinking on the street, which is like that's a law whatever it's bullshit but that's that's a law and then there's another guy who's just walking past he wasn't with them he was just walking down the street and he got stopped and they demanded to see his id what yeah that's where we're had it that's well, was demanded to see his id for nothing just for walking down the street was he a, was he a person of color he wasn't but he looked like he looked like a vagrant but that's no that's no reason to stop so he's why, just but, walking so down the street why why is being poor a crime being poor is a crime because the way that we legalized enslavement in the current era is to put people in prison. Right. So you got to put everyone in prison and you need a reason. Right. And just, well, being poor. Yes. Or the thing that Joe Biden backed in the 80s, having crack versus powdered cocaine. That the you get a minimum five year if you have a piece of crack cocaine the size of a quarter. Joe Biden is senile. Is he? Joe Biden cannot hardly string a sentence together. Well, he was, he, I mean, he was a senator in the 80s, so that means he's been in that a long time. Dude. Like, 89. Did you see the debate? Was, no, was there, I didn't even Dude, know there Kamala was a Kamala was on a fucking pill. She was like zannied out or something. She was so relaxed. It was crazy. Fucking Joe Biden, clearly it had so much work done right before he went Work like work like his skin was oh. looked like foreskin. It was like stretched out and all oh, weird. Oh wow! Yeah, like his they eyes are his lopsided and shit. Face back. And then his face his lift. dentures came out. No, answering one of the questions. That's comedic. He literally couldn't. He could not. He would start sentences and then start another sentence and just do like subject, 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 and then throw a predicate in there. There's a transcript of one of his answers to a very simple question. It was like. What do you feel is your responsibility uh, now to rectify the oppressive history of enslavement and Jim Crow? Uh-huh. Like, what 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 do you think is responsibility? And he just like started his like, AI a dozen brain broke. sentences and couldn't finish. <laughs> he ended up saying like, "Leave on the phonograph, uh, put on the record player for kids at night." He's just like, he cannot <laughs> cannot does not compute. It doesn't look like anything to me. It's trouble, man. It's it's he's an AI. He's a he's a fuck robot. And they're they've got him up that there running really for president scary. of Westworld. Yeah, has he stopped uh, the the massages and the hair sniffing? I, hey, uh, all I know is he's an old man and, and uh, that the Democratic Party is just a ruse that's putting forth a person that no one. I mean, it's they want to keep us. I had they want to really, keep us poor and enslaved. Why? I had a What's terrible happened? thought. And um, I don't know. Let, let me think about how to say this. Like, OK, I guess the the way to put it would be wouldn't it be terrible if something happened to Joe Biden and we were stuck with only the other front runners running for president. Oh, Democratic I love Party. your joke that Nancy Pelosi could be president if. The, uh, I don't want to steal your joke by saying well, it, but no, I love good. that joke. You know, that's, that's so funny. The treason bit. I'm going to tell you what, do people. I kind of want to, like, I kind of want to stop telling, especially now that I have it, like, recorded in a way where I sort of can let it go. But I feel like people really 
want to hear it like like people really respond to it so much it's like they want it this is a time where people need selfish they need assurance because for some reason whatever's happening politically is like affecting us on a soul level like on a like on a humanistic once they brought back concentration camps it was just like oh god damn so started putting american citizens in them by the way for weeks and sometimes maybe months and if they you did it, they were Jap- the Japanese internment camps. They were American citizens as well. And yeah. we interned, we put them in camps and the ice having people and separating children from and parents. And there can be, uh, you know, assaults in those camps and just not feeding people and not housing them appropriately and even taking them away from their houses for Treating no reason. Treating infants like, like dogs. Right. So it's worse than dogs. Like all of that is, is insane to even think about. And so then it becomes uh, Back, bringing it back to some call me Tim and it's our Jesus-y side and stuff. Like, what is our moral obligation? Do we have one? Does it matter anymore? Is, I mean, we is our about president that that- totally immoral? Like, is is this really like the end times and, and he's like the, maybe the Antichrist is real or it's just words that we put to things that are super scary. Yeah, because- I mean, it is some very uh, end times revelation type shit I I don't know I, I I think that what we're witnessing honestly is the the death gasp of white supremacy as a ruling power oh because this is very unique yeah one of the theories basically is that because <sighs> there's the evangelical wing which is really just trying to jumpstart the armageddon because they think that's the answer <laughs> and then there's there's the white supremacists who are really afraid of like 2050 2030 and when white people are no longer the majority numerically in the in the nation and so there is this sort of acceleration to try to do everything they can to wipe out as many poor brown people as they can to try to push back the date when white people are outnumbered to when these old fucks are just dead. They're like, I'm old right. and I don't have to hold on that long. 20 years, 15 years, they're all going to be dead. So they just are trying to push the fucking pedal down, steal more resources and do that white imperialism shit until they hit the grave. White imperialism shit till they hit the grave. You gotta yeah. have a new rap song there, dude. Yeah, pretty much Warhol every Coffin's every rap. Actually, can I spit a verse? I, this Please, is like the yeah. most recent verse. That yeah, I yeah. Check. Hesitation. Fucking with the Negro from enslavement to restoration and Jim Crow. Kept a nigga in limbo, red line and bank loan denial instead of signing. Bombing Black Wall Street, another sign of the times and try and claim design of the gods. I'm finding it out. Work a couple jobs, suffer like the book of Job. Hard road and a crooked load. Call it character. Acquisition. Bootstraps is fiction. When I rap, they rapped and listened. Full engagement. Busting journals out, pulling pages. The arrival of them strange ships. Make a treaty and try and change it on some lame shit. This ain't the aim we came with firearms and training why the law is mainly triage by and large survival whether you small time or buying cargo spotlight at the largo in the clouds we all go cold as fargo nemesis was an arch though with senselessness when will the burden lessen herb burner we deserve a session jeff was less than an attorney in general and i got more bars in your current four-page sentiment mutants they send in sentinels kidnap a senator and attack the general local elections as corrupt as federal nigga <laughs> streets of gold Warhol Kaufman uh, also used to be known as B Mumbles. 
Well, I rhyme as Young Marks. I used to do, you do poems what? with the young Unreal. Marks. I rhyme as Young Marks, yeah. And uh, I travel with We Are the Unreal. Grandmaster Mumbles was like a rap name back in the day. I feel like it's useful to have a new name for a new act as opposed to trying to use the same name for completely different styles of performance. Yeah, that's interesting. Like I confuse people enough already. But that's uh, but that becomes even more confusing. I always just said like my name is my name, and that's I'm never I'm just not going to change. That I've name. told you this story though. Why I stopped using my name? I I used to perform uh, under my own name, and I would always sign up at the Berkeley Slam. I'd write my name down, Barack and Noel. And they thought you were a girl? No. Uh, I mean, people have thought I was a girl before, but Barack and Noel is my name. Barack and Noel is my website. Barack and Noel is my YouTube. If you want to contact me, email Barack and Noel. So, like, I would write down my name, Barack and Noel, so that I would perform. People would say my name. If they want to track me down, they can track me down. No one would ever uh, say that. They would always break it down, and they would present whatever fraction of it they felt like was useful to them so they would say baraka and then when barack obama got elected they would just say barack even before he got elected when he was just running right so then not only would they not say my name barack noel they wouldn't even say my name baraka they're now calling me by someone else's name they're calling you barack no and now they're no barack and now they're like (laughs) evoking this entirely er like disparate image of this cultural force and figure. Right. So now I have three minutes on stage to get up and do my thing, but now they're fucking up my intro and everyone's thinking about Obama. Right. So that's when I started using stage names on performance. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, hey, that, Hey, it, it, it works. It's, and you have a theory behind the practice, the praxis that's, that works for you. Well, Warhol, like, like when I used to do my act, I would get up and, um, a lot of times the first thing I would say, they would introduce me, Warhol Kaufman, and I would, I would stand as far away from the mic uh, as I could in the room and then move as slowly as I could justify. So the, they introduced me, introducing Warhol Kaufman, there's a long ass pause, and I finally get to the stage, everyone's frustrated and weirded out, and I would grab the mic, and the first thing I would say was, my name is not Warhol Kaufman, and then I would go into my act. Because it's not, it's not, I'm Warhol Kaufman, it's this act is Warhol Kaufman. Uh, like te- technically, anyone could do my act. Well, and also, if you're walking slowly toward the audience, um, that evokes a- uh, Andy Warhol. When I would usually go through, like, from the a- back it's of the Andy room. It's Andy Kaufman and Andy Warhol, and that's cute. The Kaufmans, yeah. It's because you're Warhol Kaufman. Well, and, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fantastic Kaufmans. I'm a huge Charlie Kaufman fan, too. Like oh, um, I, the, the writer guy. Yeah, Alan Alan Kaufman, local local legend is. Oh yeah, that's you know, right. There so it's sort of a. But I mean, if you're walking slowly up to the microphone and taking a ridiculously long time, that's very Andy Warhol. He well, did all f- kinds of like weird. And from behind the audience. So, oh, like, I thought you were on stage and just slowly walking up to them. No, I'd be like in the doorway, the in the dark, in the I corner. See. I and see. And then I just really like the building of anticipation of of doing that on the road. I still would do that as much as possible it's kind of like obnoxious to do it in the same room that i'm going to perform in like seven times a week right yeah yeah i gotta change it up yeah uh so more some call me tim religiony weird stuff keep it keep it jesusy keep it jesus no or um i want to hear your other that you you said that you think that the biden thing that there's some underground democratic things happening so the other yeah the democrats seem to have this theory the white supremacists the, the white supremacists are trying to keep the dark power ball. yeah it's like the more like if you listen to democratic arguments it always comes down to they really love making the lesser evil evil argument 
Like they want to be evil. Uh-huh. You know, they, they want to shove the evilest option that we can stomach down our throat. And I hear all these white Democrats and, and I, I started writing them down. One guy was like, whatever, blue, no matter what, I would vote for a ham sandwich. It's like, <laughs> word, you would, you would love to vote for a ham sandwich over like an actual decent candidate, wouldn't you? That That's preferable to you. A ham sandwich. I heard a white that's lady nice. on Facebook, she said, I whatever, vote blue over everything. I would vote for a kitten over whatever. I'm like, why are y'all trying to vote for ham sandwiches and kittens? We have Tulsi Gabbard. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what is wrong with you people? Like, you really would rather have a fucking ham sandwich than a progressive candidate. It's insane. Well, I'll have to try to add something like that to my Forrest Gump Trump joke because might as well have it be a fictional character. Actually, I've always wanted Han Solo for president. I thought that Harrison Ford would be a great guy to run. Honestly, I'm man. Tom Hanks. The, I Rock, think Tom the Hanks. Rock could win. Tom Hanks could win. Tom Hanks could totally win. Yeah. Tom Hanks could so win. Oh, he's played the president a bunch of times. Or um, Honestly, I don't think it would be a bad thing if The Rock or Tom Hanks was president. <laughs> like, I, I'm pretty sure I'd be down with their platforms. Yeah. Or um, Lawrence Fishburne. Or <laughs> I don't know. I don't know his positions on things. I don't know either. But it's like we're in the Matrix. <laughs> if if Lawrence Fishburne is president, I basically have one question, which is reparations, yes or no. If he says no, then I'm not voting for him. If he says yes, then I'm done. Yeah, I'm. Hey, how much do you? How much? What would you want for reparations? That's a really interesting question. Uh, I feel like the implicitly the question is like, what would be a reasonable act of reparations uh which is i think a different question from what what do i want personally mm. but to sidestep both of those i think that a universal basic income is inevitable mm. and and that's not to say that that would not also equitably involve an additional reparative element for Black people, victims of Jim Crow, survivors Look, of fair, the genocide, and African descendants of fair is an equal. Fair is what everybody needs. But so some people need more than just uh, the universal basic income, like housing, education reparations, healthcare reparations, like to be able to be. But the U the UBI, well. yeah. Like honestly, I came up with a plan that I thought was really reasonable. Uh, we have this huge yeah. homelessness problem. This isn't a reparations plan. This is just logic. Sure. We got a, hu- a huge homelessness problem. All these people who have nowhere to sleep. And then we got all these foreclosed empty buildings. Right. So that seems like a no-brainer. no-brainer. Solve that. That's easy. So bathrooms are already there. Easy to put yeah. showers in. No Boom. problem. And like we got all of this military budget that we're using to murder brown people abroad. Mm. Uh, further the imperialist genocide campaign and then we have all of these children that are not getting a decent education just convert the military budget to the education budget yeah great perfect so like now we solve like two of our major problems now we got to deal with health care yeah uh yeah i mean i don't have to come up with a plan for that literally sanders already has his plan oh he has a pretty good plan i think that the pharmaceutical companies should be the ones paying reparations because they've made money off of our backs and off our deaths for so long that they should be like potentially dismantled and changed in a way that they fund all of the because they make billions and trillions of dollars and that needs to be turned well we got to revoke corporate personhood because there's no way to hold people accountable because of this bullshit idea that money is speech and corporations are people and it's like no people are people and speech is speech so right 
That's pretty. Well, it it all comes down to whether humans have intrinsic value and worth that's non-monetarily based, or if people's worth comes from their like monetary abilities in gain. But I mean, even apart from that, it's also just like looking at where the wealth of the nation comes from mm. and then tracing it back. And it's like, Oh, we got to re give recompense to these women and to these, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? We got to like yeah. look at where the, uh, where the wealth actually comes from and start reallocating where the funds go. Yeah. When you're like, why wasn't great, great, great grandmother, amazing artist. It's like she was too busy cooking 24 hours a day, trying to keep her family alive. There was no, and trying to decide whether <laughs> to tell no anyone time. about the most recent assault. Yeah, exactly. There was no time to, to worry, to have speech, <laughs> to express oneself in a meaningful way. You know? And then also while we're solving problems, it's like we got all these hungry people and then we got all this food that gets thrown in the garbage. It's pretty uh, right. straightforward. It's pretty straightforward on the food tip. I know. And that we have to lock our, our dumpsters in San Francisco because someone got sick once. And so they said, well, now we have to lock all the dumpsters. Oh, that makes sense. I so mean, many pastries. You know, so many pastries. Ball cutters exist. Ball cutters? Bolt, bolt oh, cutters. Oh, bolt cutters. Yeah. yeah. Or grinders. Well, there's got to be... I think that it, we just have to start thinking of people as people and not as um, capital, you know, that... <laughs> Word. People, I mean, because if, if... When you start have... Start of people as Jeff. Yeah, well, poor Jeff. I mean, all the Jeffs all around the world to have such a name. Uh, I'm just making fun of things that happened Epstein... In the past. Uh, Epstein rape and oh the guy who killed himself in the jail he yeah. killed himself in jail right that's that's lovely no no he definitely did so not can, kill himself we can we can we'll we'll, we'll was, open it up he's definitely um, murdered this last uh, hour we've gotten deep into the mind of Warhol Kaufman so and deep. we'll open it up uh hey you're on some call me Tim today you want to oh, introduce hi. yourself to the crowd you just yeah. walked on through and yeah is there an on I think there's an on off switch on that Cause it's not, uh, oh, uh shit. it's not giving so you exciting. It's not giving you any, any juice. Is there a switch? Yeah, there it is. He's a switch. Hey, Pat. Yeah. Hey. Hi, Warhol. I'm yeah. Alessandra Valentini. That's my real name. All right. Like Welcome. Warhol, I also use two different names for my artwork and my real name is for comedy. So it's very confusing. I like your advice. Just oh. use one name. Well, I just keep it simple. Right. I just, uh, I'm, I'm always, it's just Pam Benjamin that way. There's no confusion. It's true. There's other people named Pam Benjamin in the world, but uh, they have, they're much less of a dirtbag than I am. So you can kind of tell <laughs> who I am by, if you find you me on. You are the Pam Benjamin. Yeah. That's I mean, right. I, I, and you can't find me on Instagram because I don't believe in that medium yet. And still, even Facebook, it's Aye, so the kids tell me that Facebook is dying, and I'm like, oh, Facebook it's sucks, it's, dude. Yeah, it's dying, and I'm like, it's I the just only, can't it's even. a way to keep in touch with the people you know. It's literally just a way to get booked for me. Yeah, that's for the me only too. reason I'm on Facebook. Yeah. And Instagram sold me a bunch of paintings. I have to tell the truth. When oh. it was still a thing, now it's kind of like gone. I, but I sold a bunch understand. of my artwork with that. I do love Twitter, though. Mm -hmm. I think Twitter is the cutting edge of journalism. Twitter is the cutting edge of journalism? That's yes. a gross thing to say. No, it's a fact. First of all, if you look at news on TV or any kind of like regular news, they're just referring to Twitter 
constantly. Yeah, but they're it's just true. it's opinion. It's just it's just saying that opinion Two, is news. If you want to know what's actually happening right now, the quickest, most unfiltered way, if someone's getting shot and like there's Maryland. an active shooter situation in San Bernardino and what's actually happening, Twitter's the first way to find out. The people on the scene will be reporting exactly what's happening. Um, and because it's democratic as fuck and because there's a, a limit to how many words you can put in, it makes people better writers. It gives you access to communicate with the greatest writers of our generation. A lot of the time, it's a really interesting form. Yeah, I'm not going to ever be on Twitter. Oh, I'm not trying to but convince Twitter you to join it. But Twitter also has it. a I'm lot of garbage, and you need to be able to filter. So oh, that's yeah. where it comes, a great mind where it can filter the things that you read instead of just taking it all in as is like the truth and the yeah, law. You can't, because there's you a can't lot just... of garbage in there, right. especially from our press. Yeah, there's a lot of... Well, I, I mean, yeah. I don't have any Twitter, Twitter but I, it still filters oh, down to other news sources. Can I know? circle back? Because you yeah, asked before who, who's... If we're trying to break the binary and if it's actually happening, then who's behind it? And I really do... We have a Russian sleeper agent in the Oval Office. Uh, Vladimir Putin is pretty much running our government right now. What? Yeah, straight up. He installed Trump. Trump did not even want to win. He wasn't even trying mm. to win. Trump That's was true. trying to raise his profile a little bit because the Clintons called Trump and asked him to run in order to pr provide a smokescreen to make it more difficult for the for the GOP and then they thought that would elevate Hillary to like an automatic victory but I plan, know they were buddies I know but their plan fucked up together, so yeah. now Trump was trying to build uh, a tower in Russia he sort of like was reaching out to make deals Putin saw an opportunity to cause discord they have the fucking Russian bot farms causing like fights in random small towns by staging multiple protests that are in conflict and so they're manipulating chaos over here they managed to hack into our election by one when trump requested hillary's emails be hacked they leaked them within f like five hours that had an impact on the election they also hacked into the gop's already voter suppression and electoral uh manipulation strategies and it worked and the DNC, because they were pushing Hillary instead of who the people really wanted, which is Sanders, they couldn't get the groundswell of support to beat this monster that they had created. Right. And now Trump is the president and he doesn't even want to be. Because it's a fictional And he's having a tantrum character. and he's, he's possibly going to end up in jail. Yeah, I hope he's in. Well, he's done criminal things. He should be in jail. The other thing is, I, I don't believe when people say that he uh, he's operate at a loss and he's going broke and whatever that's called money laundering dude when you right. have all yeah. these businesses that are constantly losing billions of dollars yeah. that is hiding money all over the world absolutely yeah. and well that's the whole thing about is the whole thing about releasing the taxes from new york is in 2018 is that they will show that he made more money in 2018 than he did in 2017 which means that he's using his presidential station to make personal money dude the emoluments and that is an impeachable offense the it's emoluments is crazy the emoluments is so many impeachable offenses. Yeah. I wonder why he hasn't been impeached. So yeah. I wonder if that tax release will actually make him Pelosi impeached or not. They'll probably find a way to turn it around. Like, oh, 
But if he, like if he made, stormy thing. if yeah. you make money off, that's why Carnegie right. Mellon couldn't be the president in the twenties, as they said, uh, you're going to make money off the station of presidency. And he has, and he has little conventions down at Mar del Lago and he has people, he's like using government funds to fund his other projects. And it's, it's like just, a masterclass in fucking grift and bribery. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Person. Actually. It's really scary that this is all. And, but that's the thing too, is it? You know, I was raised like, this is true and this is not true and this is reality and this is not reality and TV is not reality, but then there's reality TV and then there's people, but they're on and then it's scripted, but it's not. And then the president was the apprentice, that guy and you're fired and he's crazy and mean, but that was his persona and everybody knew it and everybody loved it. But then what's real and what's not and what's true and what's real. I mean, all of it is super scary that the, the world is like on... It's even hard to believe that, like, yes, there's babies in cages right now. And you're like, there's not babies in cages. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, there's babies in cages. But I'm like, I feel bad about, I see kittens in cages. And I'm like, oh, the kittens are in cages. But then if you think there's babies in cages and we're like, okay with this, but we're not. We're like, that's not cool. But somewhere in the back of my head, it's not real because they've tricked everything else, right? Like if everything else is a lie, what isn't a lie anymore? So a lot of things have been covered up. Like religion has started that thousands of years ago. Right. Cover up things and, and makes us believe in things that we are now taking for granted. Right. And slowly are getting like crambled down. And what about I think that the earthers? government is doing the same for hundreds of years and in America CIA have done a lot of control. Right. And now it's all coming to the surface. But then what it's, do we do with that? How are we supposed to the I, cognitive I, dissonance? How are we supposed to like go like, yeah, they've been lying to us, but then really be like, they've really well, they've they really, really lied. done some shitty yes. things. The Navy has shitty proof of they UFOs. Of oh yeah, the the whole UFO thing with the guy that, uh, I mean, and he even said, he's like, I described this years ago and now pictures have come out. And he's like, yeah, that was the That's thing. That's what I said. That, yeah. that whole, um, the guy who had the, he talked all about, he worked for, and, and it was such an interesting thing because he's like. He was flying jets and they just saw technology that was flying faster and in patterns that could not be explained. Right. And they had him try to, they had him try to re and reverse engineer this thing that they found. He talks about it. They're trying to reverse engineer it. And he was like, it's as if you brought a microwave to 1850 and you dropped it off and you're like, Hey, this cooks stuff. And they're like, this is a box. So they found, they found technology. They found technology and they had this guy, he talks about it. He's like, they've been trying to kill me for years and all this stuff. And he's like, I'm just going to be honest about it. And he has all of these things he's said and written down years ago that now pictures are coming out. And he's like, yep, that's exactly what I described. Look at this. And it's all the timestamps and everything. But his job was to work in Area 51 and reverse engineer a spaceship. And he talks about the propulsion that it used and it actually uses the gravity of the Earth and it, it flies forward. And it's crazy. He explains the whole thing. But he said it was really difficult to like figure out how it, what it did and how it worked because it was using energy that we couldn't understand. It was built of materials we didn't yeah, have access like to. Yeah, the same energy. The fuel they use is the... One day put in thermometers. What is the name of Mercury? that? Mercury. Mercury, yes. That makes those fish ships like uh, they spin on itself and they can go in every direction. Those are ancient technology that actually they are hidden. Some of them were hidden inside the Vatican's chambers. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Those well, are thousands magnets. of thousands of years ago. 
technology that has been given to us and has been hidden right. for thousands of years. I know this sounds I, like but No, it doesn't, but, but magnets. It does, but it's magnets, how the fuck do they work? And we're like, yeah, magnets. That magnets was, are great. Yeah, the, the Pentagon was China. struck by a missile, not a plane, and 9-11. It was, right? It, yeah. Absolutely, there was no wreckage at all. And that all of the cameras went out. Like, how were yeah. there no cameras yeah. around the Pentagon? How was there no footage actually happening? How is that possible? Of course it's not possible. What do we all just go, oh, this is, all of a sudden the cameras went out. There was some weird electromagnetic, oh, there's just some weird electromagnetic pulse that made the, that made all of the cameras from everywhere disappear. What? Yeah, that sounds like a conspiracy. There's yeah. another story too. Made on purpose. And that every, nobody was there that everybody had been evacuated because of something else. Like they were right. like, we know this is going to happen. Don't have anybody Don't here. Don't be there. There's yeah. a guy that built a car that could run on water. And he was murdered. He was murdered. He yes. said he, he said Years he was going to be murdered, yes. and then yes. he was. He was murdered. a friend of actually a friend of mine. He was really a real person. Yeah, and he was murdered. You can find him on YouTube because he had a water project for the water car, and it was a perfect project. But it's you know still you need maybe well, hydrogen or in the thirties, uh, Ford made a car that ran on hemp fuel that was made entirely of hemp. And, then and they they squashed they and then squashed they made, it down for the oil cars and the and yeah, gasoline they, cars. They made it had, illegal. That's what yeah. Reefer Madness came out, and they started Pul- having was problem with hemp involved in that too. And and uh, yeah, plastics and poly uh, because of the hemp rope versus the nylon rope that was being made out of petrochemicals, and yeah. they were like, "Don't have hemp, a renewable resource." And so all the shipping industry moved to Pont. Well, and from, Pulitzer didn't want. He bought the forests, so he didn't want any competi- competing oh, yeah, energy, hers. so he was trying to prevent hemp from being used because that would have put in jeopardy his monopoly on the forest. And William Randolph Hearst owned all of the um, all of the newspapers, and they were using forest and paper and yeah. cotton. He had cotton farms, yeah. and he didn't want hemp to be something made for clothing. There so all of these different corporations in the 30s worked together to make hemp, not just weed illegal, yeah. but hemp illegal, yeah. which is a totally awesome... And so even... In France, in uh, the early thousands, they built an entire subdivision out of something called hempcrete. The entire housing development is made with hemp, and it's amazing. And it's like cools and heats well, and it's it it resists bugs and weird shit, and it lasts and it's incredible, and it's totally sustainable. So it's just crazy that we're not, and all the all the concrete that we use right now. Why are we? You know, destroying using sand and aggregates and stuff. We could just use hempcrete. So yeah, that's what Washington said in his uh, declaration of whatever in America. Well, when it, he like the first father founder. He wrote this thing about hemp and how it would have found and provide everything to this country. Yeah, him. He did yeah, Washington. And now he, in California, know. we can finally have weed. You were right, George. But yeah. So you I'm know, reading the weed what... that now is doing is also to put us a little bit more asleep. Wow. Yes, uh... because I love weed and I just stopped smoking, but still weed, it, it was a movement because the federal wanted to make taxes and they already know. It's like, we like it, we can make money with it. Yeah. And we get well, people asleep because I don't think it's the sleeping. Bit. I think it used to be a moniker of counterculture, and they didn't like it because it opened people's minds and perceptions. It does, but then it's overused like now, and so I honestly feel like it does affects my energy, and so I'm I'm like, okay, this overly 
use that has been allowed is it's kind of like making us because once something is prohibited and then it's becoming legal right that's what happens that's like, what happened it's like yeah. it, that's what happened also yeah. with the alcohol everything yeah. you know so that that's a method that a technique that is used by psychologically to make people well the alcohol industry is huge and the and substance we but it's the alcohol industry makes a ton of money yes and we're very very encouraged it's funny when i i stopped drinking for just a little bit you notice like there's ads everywhere there's liquor stores everywhere there's like yeah. suddenly you realize that like especially living in san francisco how much of the day is like surrounded by alcohol or, everywhere yeah. also don't vape smoke cigarettes instead haha <laughs> I know now isn't that funny like everybody thought they were going to be green and good and now it's like yeah, scary vaping and, vaping and now people is dying from vaping I'm like okay I'm glad that's, I was a smoker yeah, and not a I, vapor yeah <laughs> but, I mean that's the whole thing the reason that I have to smoke so much pot is that it feels like the world's falling apart and it's really scary and it's one of the only like I'm seriously it's hard for me I I feel like because of the lies and half-truths and untruths and and just ridiculousness of what's happening and reality of what's happening and terribleness, all of that I'm really having a hard time dealing with. Is it real? Is it not? It is real. What do I... I'm powerless to its realness. Like, all of that is... It's almost unmanageable. Yeah. Well, it's like what's real, but also from where we are what can we affect and from where we are what of these phenomena are affecting us most immediately because you only have a certain amount of time and energy in a day so it's like what what's really worth my energy what's really worth my time how can i actually help people around me or how can i actually help any of these larger global problems yeah i've, I've been puzzling I, through and that a lot. what is the that's the thing it's like Every time I find out more about how things are falling apart, I feel more and more powerless to do anything to change it. Like everyone just, and I, everyone just keeps saying, well, he's going to be reelected. And it's like, stop saying that. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Not in, not in a joking way. Not Don't in an okay way. that reality. The, yeah, the stop more creating. you say it is the more that it's possible. So the only way that I see for the Democratic Party to beat Trump is... Uh, basically, it has to be progressive, progressive candidates, obviously. But I see three options, like three, three steps. You have to have uh, youth, melanin, and estrogen. We only get two candidates for vice president and president, and of those two candidates, you need those three elements: youth, melanin, estrogen. You can't have two old white people. You can't have two men. There's got to be at least a woman, at least a person of color, and someone young. Yeah. And we only get two options, totally so we got to find a combination that involves right. all three of those. And hey, I think that I don't think that universal basic income is going to happen yet, but just that it's in it's the inevitable concept, at some point. But that it's in people's minds, and it wasn't years ago. Warren now Abrams. It is, and that's Warren great. Abrams. Warren Abrams. Hey. You got to get Warren. a you got to get a phone call. Oh. All right. So what brought you to a set mutiny radio today? Oh, because I, you know, you're talking about the religions and aliens brings whatever you want to bring. So I've got, you know, I'm a, I'm a Roman, so I got a lot of shit to say about gods and oh. and aliens too. Because I was adopted by the aliens in Area 51. When did we? When did we meet? We met. I am the bald woman. I'm bald. Oh, you remember? I'm bald, and I have. I 
remember. And I have this undercover look. I look right, like, yeah, right, like this right, right. pretty white lady. I'm not. I'm Italian. <laughs> and don't call me a white lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually a cousin of Africans, so we're like like so next to each other's that um, I say I'm cappuccino. I'm yeah. not fucking white. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong to be white as long as uh, we don't use it too much as a privilege. But um, yeah, so I like the 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 the, the, um, the conversation that you guys were having about the politics and yeah, everything. Yeah, that's crazy that's, stuff. That's uh, crazy stuff. It, I'm, I'm I'm legitimately scared right now. And yeah, yeah, but I think that. You know, there's nothing to be scared because those fuckers really feed on our fears, Pam. Yeah. They really do. And we cannot fit in. It's like giving them the power. So we need to kind of relax and feel more. And just like, I know it's kind of, a, you know, but to to feel is one of the best way. Also to know the truth because I used to just bypass by smoking weed. I love it. I, I have no it, idea bypass. what the truth is, though. I Me have neither, no idea. But, I can't but even. If I, yeah. Who is, I think also that there are people that think that their choices, they think they're doing good, but really they're not. Do you know, like the whole, with the whole abortion debate, people that, oh yeah, dudes, old dudes that seem to have a, seem to have like an opinion on my uterus for whatever reason. Right. All they the men really, and white. All the old men have an opinion on my <laughs> uterus. Why do they A, get a say and B, like what does it have anything to do with them and what is their, they think that's a morality thing and I think it's the opposite way. I think that me having a baby would be the most amoral thing I could do to a baby. Mm-hmm. It would be terrible. I'd be, a te- I would, I'd be so selfish <laughs> because I've got stuff I want to do and I, it, it just, I can't, I don't have time. I'm, I'm responsible by not having children. Yeah. But for someone else to say that I'm irresponsible for not having children and that they don't know me or my life situation, that's crazy to me. But they think they're good and they think I'm bad. Don't you think that this old system is made to be wrong and fucked up? And prevent life from being amazing. I mean, because we could have an amazing life. Everyone on earth could have an amazing, abundant life. But it's made on purpose to break us up, to divide us, to create choices that are not really our choices, to make us hate one another. And it's made on purpose. Because men should not take advantage, you know, should, they should not decide about abortion, first of all. Right. This is an, like the most simple thing. So why it's made like that? To make us angry, because women always been marginalized, and now that we're coming back a little bit, we're coming, yeah, we that, have to fight for the rights we have been taken away that were our rights to begin with. Right, Like exactly. the right of life. The, 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 I have the right to give life or not if I want to, because... Right. I'm a mom. I'm happy to be a mom, but it's fucking hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. fucking it's hard. So and hard. I'm a single mom since the very day I had the a single mom with it's, no father, even though I have a ring. That's my mom ring. She gave it to me because she's like, I love it. Like, okay, thank you, mom. But I just wear it because it's pretty. But, but you, I'm so saying you have to work twice as hard because not only do you have to raise a child, which is a full time job, work, you have to work, I have to be which the is mom, a the dad, job. all of it, the educator, and then uh, yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's, it's so hard, Pam. And where so, is the? And then it's like single moms are so demonized often and I'm like oh yeah, yeah, yeah we're seeing like the freaking garbage it's, and it, it's but it's getting better though I hope it's so. getting better <laughs> I'm like yeah. you know like children's that I, I heard some comedian going on stage he's like I'm a bastard child because I'm a f- single child from a single mom I'm like don't say that yeah you're a blessed child right absolutely you're not bastard just because you didn't have a father your father was there genetically 
Don't sure. worry about it. You have still made two people. You're still made by the genetic of two people. So there's yeah. no bastard. What you're like a dog and a human. No, Wouldn't you're still like fun? a fucking. If, if I could be half cat, well, technically, half human, Jesus I'm Christ down. was a bastard. Exactly. Yeah, they he were was. never absolutely. married. Thank you. Yeah. He, Thank you. Yeah, and absolutely. He was like raised by this. Yeah, he, he, virgin birth. So technically. Oh, I gotta go. But I do have a theory. If men claimed Roe v. Wade, like Roe v. Wade, is a constitutional right, which means it applies to everyone. Mm. So. I like to claim Roe v. Wade for my own bodily rights and mm. bodily autonomy. And I think if more men claimed it, then it would be less under fire. Like men think it's a right that only women have. But no, we all have right to bodily autonomy. That's what that really means. Oh, right. Absolutely. That you can do whatever you want with your body. Yeah, this is my body. So right. I can do what I want with it. Right. And so I feel like there's actually an opportunity to exploit Roe v. Wade more for the protection of more people so that we all recognize... How valuable bodily autonomy is. What would be an example of bodily autonomy? Well, like? they just changed the law in California about discriminating against someone based on their natural hairstyle. Oh, That would cool. be an example of me claiming Roe v. Wade. No, I'm not going to cut my hair. You can't make me. Yeah, great. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Example. Nice. Mm-hmm. Or it could be like, I should have the right to shoot up heroin because it's my body. Mm. Roe v. Wade. As long as you don't steal yeah. from someone. Yeah, absolutely. You should be able to do whatever. You should be able to, if you want to take whatever drugs you want to take, that's fine. As long as it's your. Or, you know, about sodomy laws, too. It's my body. Roe v. Wade. Absolutely. I can it's put my this body. on my butt if I it's want. Absolutely. Yeah, Roe v. Wade. I can put this. And it's, but then it's personal, personal choice and it's my body and that's but fine. Like, you know, whatever, face tattoos. Yeah, but then there's also like, self-love. You know, yeah. whereas, you know, once a society is based on love and, and respect for one another, then nobody wants to make the wrong choice. Yeah, I'm going to kill myself. I mean, that's okay. You want to kill yourself. You want to, like, get really fucked up. It's fine. Right. But in a society where there is the, the more thing respect is, to human's life, those things wouldn't even be that much of right. a problem and because we when wanted you, to give ourselves the best. But when you get yourself so fucked up, it does affect other people because someone else has to take care Thank of you. Thank you. So Thank if you, you get like, if you take like, if, even drinking, if you drink oh, way yeah. too much. Your friends and have it's, to drive you yeah, home they and have you vomit to, in their car. And right, I have exactly. done that. So yeah, done you're that. sleeping in a bar. But, that doesn't, on the ground. but yeah. that doesn't lead to alcohol being illegal. Somehow no, alcohol isn't that is okay. Funny? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I tobacco see. is legal, but it kills you. But oh, yeah. tobacco is the conundrum. Took me here to get It's just about who's making money. It's so. true. Are you off to, uh, you're going to be doing some open mics tonight? You're going to do Eagle? Uh, to, so I actually have to go to uh, help my lady meet with a lawyer over some custody shit because it is not getting better for all single moms. Are wow. you a pa- father too, Oral? No, I'm oh. not a father. Oh, but she is a mom. She's and a mom. Okay. Um, and then we have to uh, extricate ourselves from our most recent temporary living situation. So we're back to being pretty much homeless again. With two dogs. No, we had no. to get rid of one dog because she was really bad. Oh, okay. And, like uh, rid of, get rid of, like Indonesia or stuff? Uh, I gave it to SPCA. Right. Oh, okay. And then I was going to try to hit mics, but because I have to figure out the living, sleeping thing. Right. It might that may or may not happen. I might just hang out with people who live indoors right that makes sense we'll see how it goes there you go but on a lighter note 
because I just dropped this 30 minute comedy album uh, called Warhol Kaufman Dead or Alive, I now have this freedom. I felt really like I was starting to really struggle with doing these short sets and having too much material and feeling like I had somewhere between 20 minutes and an hour of really solid material, but not being able to figure out how much time I really had because I couldn't work it out enough. So I just dropped this project and now I kind of feel free to release what like to let go of whatever material I don't feel like doing anymore to keep whatever works and to write a bunch of new shit and, and not feel like stuff is going to get lost or just kind of like there, there's a lot of time sensitive shit. So I, I feel like I have a whole new room in my head for a new project now. That's great. Yeah. Yay. Half an hour of comedy. That's awesome. Yeah. Like that. Oh, and I get to watch, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just thinking out loud that half an hour is probably as much as I have, but it's uh, it's hard to remember it all. I'm actually really glad it ended up being that length as opposed to if, like, I was going to do more time, but I think in terms of fitting into, into someone's day, mm-hmm. 30-ish minutes is kind of... You can, you can kind of block that off. It's kind of hard to give up more time. But uh, the feature film that I'm in... I'm supposed to watch the final cut on Thursday. Cool. So we'll see. That's nice. exciting. That works, yeah. I'm sorry. I scared your doggy. No, <laughs> it's just a command. Oh. Usually when I clap, I'm oh. telling him to do something. <laughs> well, good luck finding it. Jonathan's going to be renting his house, but it's going to be like 2500 bucks a month. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Yeah, cool. no, I mean, you know, we'll figure something out. We'll okay. figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> It'll work. It'll I mean, all work out all right happen. Yeah, like, something will always. See, you're you're very laissez-faire about like the. Well, I need to hit the, the road. stress of the universe. You know. Yeah. It's time to it's time to start. Like, I think that in terms of building my act, it, it's been really useful to grind out on the scene. But in terms of like actually taking that act and doing something with it, you gotta go somewhere else. Obviously. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get to be a part of the Ha Ha Harvest Festival. Nice. Over. I, I would, they're like, they're like, don't, don't put any media out. But I mean, I'm just going to say it here. It's Is that gonna, Humboldt? No, it's in Portland. I love Portland. Oh, Oregon I heard comedy about so that. much. I yeah. love Portland. Have you Oregon. got, <laughs> they don't have like you got any? Much, but we're, yeah. You were uh, selected? Yeah. That's wonderful. <laughs> I'm yeah. excited. Um, there's a, there's I love a, it up there. That, uh, I think maybe third annual. Pacific Northwest Black Comedy Festival. Oh, uh-huh. And my buddy runs it, actually. Well, no, I know him. Tyrone. I'm actually Collins. really, I'm really proud. I'm going to just, like, drop this because I'm really pleased. When I was in Portland, uh, I really f- felt like it was difficult to try to build community among the black comics in Portland. And, you know, there's, like, these women's Facebook groups for comedy. Yeah. And there was one in Portland. And so after being there a year, I talked to a couple of the comics. And I was like, you know, the women have this group. I think we should have a black Portland comedy Facebook group. And so I started one and we like added people, people has to be added. And when I would have an opportunity, I would go there first and offer it there first. And a year later I left a year later, they had a Portland black comedy festival. And I was like, Oh wow. That's, that's awesome. great. You so kind I, of like well, initiate that. Jaron, Jaron George. He's, there's a lot of black Jaren comics. Up dope. I love there Jaren. Jaron's really funny. Yeah. yeah. And there's, um, uh, uh, one of them. He's just recently stayed with hijinks. Hi, hijinks. Tyrone yeah, Tyler. Con- uh, he's Tyrone. really Tyrone Collins is really great. He's great. I did his his show. Thomas like Lundy. Before I moved up, Tom Lundy's really funny. Yeah, I like him a lot too. 
Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I can't wait to go up to Portland. Hey, I'm going to you know go Martin up Austin? Dean Martin, no. I, Dean Martin Austin's funny. Um, yeah, there's there's a good scene out there, man. Um, yeah, I'm big big fan. I'm just really excited to be up there for... I have a question. Yeah. You guys, do you guys ever um, sign up for any competition in L.A.? I haven't done any. I'm any doing, in L.A.? I've, the yeah. only competitions I've done have been Comedy Oakland, and, mm. and now this Friday I'm at Cobb's doing a competition. But it's not like really a competition. It's just like whoever's funny, I think he books you on his other shows. It's basically oh, like cool. an audition for this oh, that's guy. Nice. That's nice. So, but My, nothing in L.A. I just... I'm I just have, checking some things in LA and I signed up for some we'll see how it goes yeah. I have friends in LA that are comics but I didn't my act is usually. not like a act that is gonna win a competition yeah <laughs> it's not an act that's, what do you mean with that cause he's very 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 edgy tell me it's, um, it's not like a feel good thing mm-hmm. so okay the audience is gonna vote for the person that makes them feel them, better like, feel yeah I hear you and shit so yeah. like they'll laugh at my jokes but at the end they're like Okay. okay. <laughs> I feel the same way. Mine too. When I talk, especially Fine when I talk well, about the you. Roman gods and the gods and then the, the, the Judo-Christian Judo god, that people kind of green, cringe. They're like, okay, we like you, but that, you know, the white Christians here, they all don't want to hear about gods. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> it, I mean, I don't even know what that audience, I just do, I do me, I don't know what the audience wants anymore. I just... Yeah, no, me neither. I'm like, I, I, I mean, honestly, I started not too long ago. I'm, I'm, I'm mostly a visual artist. I was a visual artist and musician all my life. So now that I started comedy, it's been less than a year. I've noticed, I'm noticing all those little things that comes up with the, with the comedy thing. Like yeah. what works, what doesn't work, what people like and politically correctness. It's, it's hard on stage. Because yeah. Especially being a woman on stage, it makes you immediately like, you're, you're already like watched like a hawk. Oh, she's a woman. Let me hear everything she said so I can not laugh and make her feel right. like shit. Yeah. Or not, you know, it's sure. like that little bit of, there's a lot of... Uh, I wonder how progressive people are becoming with... Oh, no, we're very progressive, but there's still a little bit of that that I have felt and, you know, other women have told me. But, of course, in, I need to kind of get that skin, thick skin around it. Yeah. Because I can't care less. My, you know, I go and say what I say. I'm like, if you don't like it, fuck you. Yeah, no, you can, <laughs> you can say fuck on this station. It's fine. We're allowed to swear. We're allowed to swear. Yeah, because it's, uh, it's internet radio, so it's not... It just it streams live as podcasts. So. so we're not allowed to swear. No, you can. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Because I did drop yeah. a couple of f bombs yeah, earlier, swear. and I'm sorry. No, no, no. I don't f- like. Okay. all day long. I, I can be pretty. We've clean. got we've got the big sign above the above oh. the stage oh, yeah, that says "fuck like, that shit." Fuck so that's shit. yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that's how we roll here. On uh, well, before I close it up here on uh, some call me Tim. Do do you uh you you were talking just talking about real quick Judeo Christian gods you want to throw out a little bit of yeah I want to throw out something yeah. that I'm like uh, you know I'm Roman and we used to believe in um, a lot of gods right and then we turned into Christianity and so I wonder like the god that were here before you know they were still real everybody believed them so they were real as real the the one that we believe now so. I always wonder if one of them go and talk to the Mr. God now. <laughs> and it's like, I think Athena would be a cool because she's badass. And she would be like, oh, so you think you're the only God, man? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you, you know, I'm the only God. But and she's like, how did you become so, you know, how that happened? We never seen you before. And he's like, well, 
you must have seen me because you know I'm the guy that threw the big flood the long stuff long time ago and she's like really you're that guy how can you be popular now nobody <laughs> liked you back then he's like well you know he's my son Jesus he's making everything smooth you know and then she's like well must be pretty lonely up there all alone you don't even have a goddess and he's like uh, well no 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 don't worry I got my son Jesus and our buddy the Holy Spirit And then Atina goes like, really? Three dudes? Aren't your supporters against gay marriage? I'm like, what the heck is that? And he's like, well, you know, Holy Spirit, it's kind of like we're kind of deciding if he's, you know, what gender he is. He's gender fluid. He's a gender fluid type of guy. Gender fluid guy. Yes. Yeah, so, and it goes on and on. So the, I just like to um, bring more awareness about the, the reality and the fiction of sure. god and and what we believe and what we have been told to believe absolutely that's, that's what uh, yeah and years ago we were taught to believe like well you gotta pray to the sun god so the sun comes up because he's got to roll he's got to get in that chariot oh yeah and that's, drive the sun all the way across the sky probably an alien with his spaceship that's yeah. what that chariot was, was sure. a freaking spaceship <laughs> you got alien spaceships to move the sun <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean Apollo, all of if the... you're gonna worship a god, Apollo's like drink wine and fuck. That's not. Yeah, that was a good. Uh, yeah, Bacchus. Yeah, Bacchus was a good one. I'm down. They yeah, pretty party, good, party, you know? party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm down for it. Hedonism, shedonism, it's all good. I don't know why all religions have the concept of sacrifice in them, though. Either you're sacrificing something else because you've made a mistake, or you're self-sacrificing to prove that you're better than making mistakes. It's a lesson about loss, about the value of what you gain from losing something. Mm. Yeah, like the fucking Hindus that make the, or the Buddhists that make the, the, the thing out of sand and then they blow it away. It's like, oh, did you spend, That's oh, you spent monk, 50 yeah. days. Yeah, doing the mandala, send mandala. Yeah. 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 It's absolutely, it's like Burning Man. Yeah. Burning Man is the same. People go to Burning Man, spend thousands of dollars to create those RPs and then they burn And them. then they burn it. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. Eh, I know. I, I mean, <laughs> all right, world. good luck. Ciao. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand why sacrifice always has to, like, I guess, but it does, because otherwise if you never had to sacrifice anything, you, you wouldn't don't realize how precious things right. are when you, yeah. So there is a core value on that, that religion have used against humans to make right. them, contro to control them. But the core value is there, and it goes back to Tibet and all this, like, really ancient stuff. All the religion has basically... All the core values are kind of coming from there. Sure. Which is sure. So there is, you know, sacrifice in order to achieve a pure state of life. It, it's it's the core value underneath is good, but the religion is used to, to control humanity, and that was bad. And take power. Right. You know that is bad, and and we've been subjected But to that for what so would long. Happen, what would happen if we didn't have people in power? We would create people in power. Mm. Like if if we took away all the power structures that exist, and people were just were we as people would make our own power structures we'd still form into like tribes or families sure. or like because when we group no matter what there's a power structure that's going on and we and we create that all the time sure so even if we dismantle it it's going to rebuild but we're dismantling okay what we're talking about is an elite power that took place and control of humanity oh. for many thousands of years And it's a very small percentage that keep repeating itself and give power to the next generation. Sure. 
that's what I'm talking about. It's not a global power from the people to the people. It's a global power from an elite power that is basically just to control. But for and example, it's like creating structure, the, of course. The French Revolution, you had Napoleon in power, mm-hmm. and then the people said, fuck your face, not going to let this happen. French Revolution happens. Bunch of people die. They're supposed to have like a democratic socialism, but then still there's people in power and there's still an aristocracy and there's still the money stays where the money is, even though the whole French Revolution happened and it was about the people rising up and saying, no, you don't get to have this crazy lavish lifestyle while we're starving right. and working. Just like the czar and, in Russia. Right. Same thing. Same thing. Same but then thing. what do we rebuild? Same thing with the United States. Like we're like, mm. uh, fuck that king over there. But now we've got a president and we make them sort of the new king. We, we had the ability yeah. to start and create any, you know, power structure we want. And we still, but we said, why does it have to be? Anyways, I, does equanimity ever work as a group? I, I don't know. Like, if okay. everyone is truly equal, is are they? They aren't, because then we make we make a hierarchy. Well, which is started, like, with the... It started thousands of years ago. So, you know, I, I believe that we had a time in this world that we were way more evolved. That's my belief. Yeah. Way more evolved, and then since the one God came in place and it was imposed to p- people... With the Egyptian and then and, and the Christians and whoever came after them, which was the history of humanity in the last 5,000 years, his story, yeah, it's exactly. his fucking story, his not story. my story, not her story, it's his, his story. story. Yeah. And they created it, molded, and we're all molded to that for so long. Our genetic memory is molded to sure, that. Sure. So we are all subjected to that. And now we're all thinking like, oh, if the structure goes down, we have to create another one. Sure. But how? Right. Another oligarchy one or a people that lives in harmony? Because that's how we were before this one shit. But God. can people live in harmony? That's the question. Or I is, I mean, w- people will always fight, though. People, mm. you put babies together and they end up fighting. They're babies. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You know, like for some reason, our selfishness cannot be overcome. And isn't that what religion tries to do? It tries to mitigate our selfishness. Like it makes us think yeah. about something else other than ourselves because babies, which don't understand language, right. or whatever, they, they understand, don't. I need this. I want this. I need it. I'm getting right. it from you. They're naturally selfish, naturally self-entitled. Na- it's true. So, so it's if, like nature of men. So if nature. the nature of man is naturally yeah. self-entitled and naturally we could call it greedy. It's a word we put. It doesn't matter what we're still going <laughs> to, we're still going to fuck it up. Yeah, if we don't have like a core value structure that it's not based on controlling us, but really based on on evolving us, like sure. the, the core value of what religion was back before it became a control uh, for the masses. Connection. Yes, connection and, and selflessness and, and yes, sacrifice, but in the name of the grand, grand picture. Right. You know, all those things are very novel, but when they're used to control, yes, that's what create war yeah. in the name of the same freaking God. Sure, it's, it's so like, I oh. know it's so crazy when the <laughs> when, you when you're dealing with the triptych at the top of Christianity, yeah, exactly. Judaism, Christian, and, and, Judaism and, and, Muslims, and Muslims and all the same God. Yeah, and it's, but then they're exactly like, it makes that but it's still you all it's the same. Okay. Like, all right. So then then when you see like the, the core is good, is the way we use it to control one another that is creating all this mess on purpose because the one percent wants to create control. So they have to reverse everything upside down. Right. And everything is being turned upside down. I feel like I feel like 
you know. I agree. It is. Uh, yeah. So the core value, it's good. We're not bad. We're not bad. We are, you know, we are being that like, can evolve. But the way it's been done now, we're kind of going through an evolution, but unevolving at the same time. We're waking we're, up. Well, we're it's, waking up. The thing is, the evolution is going, is changing our eyesight so that we can look at screens better. I think it's all like <laughs> everyone's just staring at their screen, and and the screen watching is, it's a facsimile of connection. It's that you, I mean, people are so their phone is disconnecting them so much from mm-hmm. it's supposed to connect literally phones were supposed to connect people talking mm-hmm. but now you can like see people and you're there but you could look around and see the people in your world there are people running into each other in the real world literally because they're looking at their phone connecting with something else and it's like oh my god like what's supposed to connect us is disconnecting us mm-hmm. from what's the real connection with people and, yes, uh, and, that and nature. Me. Yeah, nature. And nature. Yeah, exactly. Something that we're becoming so disconnected, we can't grow our food. Yeah, if yeah, something yeah. happened, the corporations cut us off, we're all going to die because mm. we have no way to know how, what is edible anymore, how to provide ourselves, nothing. Yeah, the way, if, if something happened and the government wanted to impose martial law or whatever, all they'd have to do is cut off our power for like three weeks everyone would freak the fuck out. I wouldn't because I know how to denature protein over heat and I don't have a smartphone anyway, so I don't really fucking care. Awesome. But all the That's kids, awesome. all the kids with their smartphones and their computer boxes, if you cut the, if you cut the energy to us for three weeks, no, I'm talking six hours. Yep, yep, People will fuck it out. They will freak, freak out six hours. That's out. all you need. Will, three weeks, we, three weeks, we'll be dead underneath yeah, six well, meters of if, like, yeah, that would, it would that's be crazy. it. Three weeks is like, no way. It, it <laughs> we can't survive 24 hours. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd be fine. I'd be like, oh, thank God. We don't have any power. Like, you know, make a fire, hang out with buddies. Roast oh, it would be so good playing guitar. Awesome. Yeah, Telling jokes. Yeah, it would be awesome. It would be great. Oh, I have a you friend that just out. went and live off the grid. She has no internet. She has to drive with this beat up car in town to get like an internet connection and call and WhatsApp me. I'm yeah. jealous. Yeah, I'm like, you are, you're, you got the life, you know, we're yeah. here stuck in this polluted ca- gas chamber of a city. Yeah. And then the, all those like radiation of the cell phone towers right. got Did in you a know, fucking. They, so. um, the <laughs> city, the city of San Francisco tried to sue Apple to uh-huh. find out how much radiation is actually in the iPhone. Mm-hmm. And we lost. We so lost. Apple never has to tell us. We tried to sue oh. cell phone makers <laughs> to make them tell us how much radiation is in the phones. And, and they, they said, no, 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 no. So you have to go so, back to the old studies that were done decades or so ago when people started to tell the truth and then they were completely undermined and covered up so, but they're still out there it's public opinion it's still public uh, you yeah. know stuff but there's that- so much and the thing that's crazy is it's actually in the iphone things that the only safe distance to use your iphone is f- 10 feet away from you so you have to like talk with like right but if you're but if it's in your hand, it's still touching you. Right. So is it like 10 feet away from your head or 10 feet? Like what is but 10 feet away? Ten is like feet two away people hide. Exactly. It's two people hide. So like you have to have it on the wall. Right. And then talk with some like microphone, but even Bluetooth. Bluetooth, Bluetooth is, is terrible so too. bad. Well, and everyone's using their cell phones as alarm clocks and sleeping with them under their pillows. That is even more. That's like that's, we're got, no, it's crazy. Yeah. 
It's crazy. It's crazy. I told my daughter I bought her one of those stupid clock with a battery. Yeah. And then at night, she, we put all our phone away. Yeah, that's good. And then turned them off, at least. I should turn off also the internet modem. And then she wakes up with the stupid little battery clock in the morning. Good. That's it. I'm like, yeah. we can't have the phone. She and people, but people phone. think people think we're crazy. But I, it's real. Yeah, we're it's like real. the whole hippie that wants to be all nice and like No, cell phones are the worst. And it's... Little it's, phones by our heads. We didn't think there's going to be a problem. It's killing the bees. It's it giving is, us cancer. Why do we all have cancer all of a sudden? Gee, I wonder. Like yes, and the stuff we breathe, the water that's all polluted. Yeah. And then like, how much can you purify the water? I do. Trying to have nice filters, you know, as much as I can. But still, we got an air filter, and um, I had no idea how much stuff we were breathing in. I had no idea. I also got a good air filter when like, the fire came up two years ago. It, the, the air was so thick. I was, was like, that's crazy. it. So I, I yeah. had to have it. My poor cat. And it was like, wow, poor cat. <laughs> my poor cat just breathing it in like a little baby. Just taking in all the carcinogens. My poor cat. <laughs> um, all right. This has been some Call Me Tim. Thank you so much for coming by. Uh, Thank next, you, Pam. Next week, we have special guests Jack Ferguson and Dan Aganaga. And that's going to be a lot of fun. This is, uh, hey, every week we're here talking about gods and God and all that stuff. Because why else are we alive? Let's just uh, keep doing it. Tell us where and people can see you. And my name is Alessandra Valentini. Um, it, tell, open, I will be all around open mics and things. And I just had a bunch of shows, so they're already done. So I can't give you any new dates for now. But when they will come, I'll have them and I'll be back. For fine art. Cause you yeah, have fine art. Fine my art. fine art name. So my name is Alessandra Valentini, Salena Angel. That's my art name, Salena Angel. You go S-A-L-E-N-A and then Angel. S-A-L-E-N-A. Don't make me Selena. No. Salena. That's my art. Go online, look it up. Salena.com. Artgasmia is another thing. I do all my erotic art. Really cool. And I have a class coming up at Evolve San Francisco here on 24th Street uh, Mission. It's a gallery and we're doing an erotic abstract class it's like really wow. interactive it's beautiful it's abstract so there's not going to be any like there's no nudes but it's an erotic sensual experience that you just express yourself on paper abstract art and it's going to happen on september 26th as a thursday and it's a 7 p.m at the evolve sf awesome thank you guys yeah thank you for <laughs> being here this has been some call me tim see you guys next week We fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers. We're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear, too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Dr. Terrace, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Prominent Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834.
streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. MutinyRadio.fm. Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm. Streaming live the station. MutinyRadio.fm. District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm. MutinyRadio.fm. Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Look, why not go to MutinyRadio.fm, hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Nine months ago, a small hand-wrought baton began a journey in John O'Groats, Scotland, packed tenderly into the crusty saddlebags of some adventurous next to her underwear and can opener. At present, the thing is several time zones away, but on its way to San Francisco next month, Friday, October 4th, we will be celebrating its arrival with a party at Moto Guild on Treasure Island. Join us in welcoming the baton and her bearers, the Women's Riders World Relay to Northern California, making its way back 
to Europe via everywhere from the furthest reaches of six continents, Europe, the Middle East, Asia, Oceania, and on its way across North and South America, igniting a global sisterhood of inspirational women to promote courage, adventure, unity, and passion for biking. There'll be music, food, entertainment, neat bikes to look at, stories to swap, art to ogle, purchase, and people to meet. Everyone is, of course, invited to bring the whole family. Admission is free, but bring a few bucks for food, bevies, a raffle, and cool stuff from vendors. On Friday, October 4th, San Francisco will be celebrating the arrival of the Baton in California at Moto Guild on Treasure Island from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. Come celebrate your love of the motorcycle and the women who ride them. For more information on the party and other awesome motorcycle-related tidbits, join the Dames Don't Care Motorcycle Collective on Facebook. For lots of info on the relay, visit womenridersworldrelay.com. Hope to see you there at Moto Guild on Friday, October 4th with Dames Don't Care. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Four ninety nine. Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship 
as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. It's that time of year again. March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows, 5 days, all here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street. 25 shows, 5 days, amazing comics from all over the United States here in San Francisco to entertain you with 25 differently themed shows hosted by local San Francisco comedians bringing you comedians from all over the United States here. Everything will be live, live streaming and podcast post. Get your tickets, $10 a show, 25 shows, a million laughs. It's the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival brought to you by Benders, Counter Offer and Subliminal SF. Is this about that VR? But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post show and giggle in the comfort of anyone. 